0: Hello and welcome to Connected, the podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom.
1: Hi, I'm Sue Uniman, Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom.
0: And joining us in the room is Gideon Spanier. How are you doing? Very well, thanks. Very, Very
1: good. good to see you, Gideon.
0: Uh, Gideon, you are Head of Media at Campaign and Media Week. You've also been a business reporter at The Times and the media editor at The Standard. And all of this came from a Masters in History from Cambridge. So... Going straight in, how do you go from a Masters in History from Cambridge to working as a reporter and sub-editor at the Evening Standard? How does that work?
2: Uh, well, I can tell you one thing for nothing, that uh, my master's is yeah. given free, uh, I think it's seven years after oh, you Oh, it's join. one of those
1: ones. Is it free? Because I think I had to pay a tenner for mine. Well, what? it might,
2: might have been a tenor, but what I mean oh, is I is that it's a bit of a cheat if you go to Cambridge and maybe Oxford yeah, as well. Oxford you you as automatically well. get a master's um, about four years after you do your uh, BA. They, they, yeah, exactly. they, write,
1: they write to you and say we're, we're rewarding you this because of your experience in the real world, I think fairly. So well, uh, I, that's I did have to pay 10 for mine. yeah. Oh.
2: It, it, so you could say it's a nice bit of uh, free branding. <laughs> yeah. um, so how did I start? Well I am a journalist and both my parents were journalists so I grew up in a house with newspapers and actually my parents met on the Times uh, so wow. they were both journalists there uh, and I've never really asked them how it happened but yeah. obviously they fell in love and uh, then when I was at university I did do some student journalism and I edited the student paper and uh, then after university like quite a lot of people I think and certainly in my case uh, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do And uh, I think I maybe had been quite academic and thought, "Mm, I think I'm going to just mess around for a bit. And uh, I could do that because my parents lived in London. Um, And I'll be honest, I don't think it was uh, the best thing in terms of building my career, but it was quite good fun at the time. So I spent some time working for an advertising agency called Mm -hmm. De Winters, which did theatre advertising. Now, I didn't really work in the agency. I uh, helped do things like put up theatre posters around town in bars and it was I was really just having fun this was the sort of mid middle 90s so there was things like Oasis and Blur it was quite a fun time to be in London yeah. mm-hmm. and then I thought I better try and do something a bit more uh, mm-hmm. focused with my life. I had a friend who from university was working at CNN and I got into television and I started off just uh, as writing scripts and then was producing shows for the European uh, arm of CNN and it was uh, then based just at the bottom end of Charlotte Street Uh, so it was even then sort of well perhaps more so really sort of media entertainment land Mm. Uh, I spent Mm. five years there Uh, again I think because of uh, maybe growing up in a family of newspaper people, I I tried to carve my own uh, furrow, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I avoided newspapers. And then I thought to myself, I'm not sure why I am. So <laughs> um, I was about 28. Uh, the dot-com bubble was happening. Yeah. Very briefly thought about going to uh, make a career in... Online, where one or two of my friends were, uh, pretty much worked out immediately that it wasn't for me. Uh, I think it was too technical and too clunky. And I got in touch with uh, the Evening Standard, and they saw me and said, Well, you can start near the bottom. Uh, you're, they said, uh, We don't think TV people. Make the transition that easily, whereas obviously lots of newspaper people wander into TV the whole time. Mm. And um, I then spent a long time at the Evening Standard and had a great time. It was a, I mean, as I growing up in London and loving London, Mm. uh, it's a great publication to work for. And having come from CNN, which was somewhere where you got this sort of bars of uh, the news in the moment, uh, the Evening Standard still in print uh, has that thing where you, you can. Uh, speak to someone, write about it, and it'd be on the streets in a couple of hours.
1: You're creating an agenda sort of thing.
2: Yeah, there's something about the immediacy of something happening right now. I mean, if you think, when I was at CNN, it was really the days before the internet. In fact, I sort of thought when I left, I've I've either picked the right time or the wrong Mm. time, because it was Mm. just about two weeks before AOL bid for Time Warner. And that was widely seen as... Sort of uh, the top of the dot com bubble because yeah. It, it yeah. this this was a internet company buying and this giant Gosh, TV l- entertainment company. A lot's company. since then, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but at that moment, uh, between the sort of Gulf War, which was 1990, and um, you had things like and it sounds ridiculous, but the, the when OJ Simpson um, was uh, followed by the police after the the murder at his house yeah. and uh, the trial. This was at a time where 24-hour TV news peak uh, were peaked. Yeah. I mean, Donald Trump has made it peak again, but that's mm. another story. Mm. Uh, yeah. So it was a, it was a really, um, there's something exciting uh, about when news breaks in the moment. And as you asked, did a master's, no, well, <laughs> let's call it just a bachelor's in history. Yeah. Um, you, you know, it feels like history unfolding. So it is exciting.
1: So it does kind of connect, doesn't it? Um, so I didn't know because uh, I haven't done such good research as Andrew. Because um, I read history as well. So there we go. We've got that in common. Um, what's your? It's a difficult question. I'm not sure how I'd answer it. But um, what's your favourite period of history? And is there lessons? You know, because I, I love that idea that if you, you know, if you if you don't look at the lessons of the past, then you just repeat them. Are there lessons that the world of media could learn?
2: So favourite period of history first. Yeah. So I. Uh, there are a few so i'm going to i'm going to tell you the what, some other ones i like and then the one i've settled on mm. okay. so um, I really uh, am fascinated by the period between 1789 and 1815 in france which is essentially french revolution till the end of napoleon and a cake? yeah all of that yeah. but it was a, it, it was a really dramatic time right mm-hmm. and you think Okay, the American Revolution had happened first, but the French Revolution was pretty epic, then Napoleon, and um, that was also very epic. Mm. Uh, Another time which I studied at university was the American Civil Rights Movement, and I found that really interesting. I I studied in America for four months, and um, that sort of period, kind of 1955 to 68, again, it, it was America having to confront a lot of uh, the problems that it had stored up for itself, and, and unfortunately you still see them playing out now. Yeah. Um, very, very
1: good soundtrack to that period of history.
2: <laughs> good music, yeah. Um, but no, but the period mm. I think I really like, which I'm being a bit greedy, but I'm just going to say, is, is sort of late Victorian till, uh the start of the Second World War, because I think that was the first era of mass communication. It was about the rise of, I think, kind of liberal values. Uh, it wasn't a totally happy time, but it was, a, again, it sort of shaped the world. Mm. Uh, some fantastic writers, artists, um, but you had to the launch of cinema, radio, television, the telephone. I mean, mm. all, well, virtually all modern brands uh, with real roots, that's that's they go back to the mm. sort of eighteen eighties, eighteen nineties. So that's my favourite period, and uh, I, th- I do think also it happens to be a time where the sort of records um, of, uh, of history go back really well. It's it was also the rise of the big cities, which I'm um, I'm a kind of city person. I yeah, don't really like the countryside or animals. <laughs> no. Her.
1: You haven't answered the second part of the question, which is what no, could yeah. the world of media learn from that period. So I'm, I, I'm, I am going to probe you on that. Good.
2: Well, I mean, the truth That's is, a good journalist, the truth, <laughs> the truth is, is that you can learn from every period, right. and uh, what can you learn from that period in particular? I think that change is really, really hard to anticipate. Mm. And it's easy to, if you like, make a call, a decision, an observation, and get it wrong. Uh, I think the famous one about the launch of the motor cars, there were about 120 car companies in the 1920s, of which only Ford survives. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can feel change coming, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the one thing for sure is you shouldn't just ignore change. So um, I don't think I've answered the question directly, but you can just learn so much because the truth is we got here where we are today in 2017 from the past. Uh, I am obviously sure that history doesn't repeat itself, but you can learn a lot both as a person and as a business from the good and bad decisions people made in the past. Um, I think that period where the Victorians and that spirit built huge cities and conquered the world for good and bad Uh, the the speed of what they did without Mm -hmm. the telephone Mm -hmm. without um, the internet amazing okay so
0: conversely are we too focused on the new and the exciting and the sexy stuff in media Um, and do we ignore that the value in our history do you think I think there's probably a lot to be said for
2: thinking too much about the past and getting stuck in the past. Um, I mean the Silicon Valley companies are great at just pushing on all the time. They don't look back and uh, I think that's a good quality overall. For me as a journalist, trying to understand where we are and make sense of where things are going, I think it is important to know about the past. so I, I mean, it's a bit of a cop-out, but I do think it's crucial to understand how we got here. So something I've written about recently, trying to understand what's the future of agencies and media, media agencies. You've got to understand how we got here, especially as mm-hmm. when I first sort of started reading and writing about advertising. And there's this sea of acronyms of all these founders. You can never understand what any of these agencies um what, why they're called what they're called but once you understand it, it makes sense because somewhere on the line it came down to the people who shape the businesses um, but yeah i think the, the the tech disruption is is scary maybe what that tells you more than anything is you've got to understand the tech to kind of build new digital businesses uh, so i'm not sure history books help that much probably a physics book and an know. engineering book would help very interesting
1: You've got a very definite style, I'd say, um, in your reporting, um, which uh, I, I think marks you out. Actually, how different is it? Is that is that your style that you've brought to the publications that you've worked for, or is it a Media Week and Campaign style, which is different from writing for the Times, writing for the Standard?
2: That's a difficult question to answer because I'm not sure that I know what my style is and I'm not actually asked that many people if they yeah. think they have one, but if I have one. I, I, I'd put it like this and obviously being candid, it's it's taken me quite a long time in my career to feel comfortable and confident about writing what I write about. Uh, I've always been interested in business mm. and advertising. but. Finding your voice is something that some people succeed at at a very young age, and some people it takes some time. Uh, one of the things about writing for, say, the Evening Standard or the Times or something that's broadcast on CNN is it's for a big audience. Uh, it, you are talking about mass reach, mm-hmm. and you and
1: non-experts, I guess,
2: possibly non-experts, but but smart. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that. Uh, i've tried to work in places where the audience is always mm. smart mm. Um, why because it's more interesting writing for smart people uh they're more likely to be interested in what you've got to say mm-hmm. um and it's a challenge right mm-hmm. uh, by the way there's a challenge to write very uh clear popular journalism yeah uh, so i'm not no no looking no. down on it and in okay. fact uh, when I worked at the evening standards we Occasionally, would have people would say, "Don't forget, you write for a mass market paper. You, you, mm. You're not you're mm. not supposed to be uh, writing for something." Um, but I think uh, that's I, different. The Times and yeah. the yeah. Standard different no, so from a trade there. audience, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, writing for a campaign audience, uh, and of which Media Week is part, mm. is a really smart, knowledgeable audience, and it is relatively small compared to say the the Times or the Evening Standard but actually the internet has created uh, a huge audience we get over a million uniques in the UK a month so there's a lot of people coming to our site and uh, they're very knowledgeable they care passionately and one of the quirks of journalism is for good reason there's church and state which keeps the journalists away from the ad sales team uh, but actually most journalists have basically no clue about how the ad industry works mm. they look down their nose at it the editors would rather not think about it mm. um, of course it's they have to think about it when their print revenues are declining every year the big difference when I came to campaign was to discover how much the ad industry, media owners, agencies, and some brands would open up to us, would give us information uh, often uh, off the record and under NDA. But you'd understand how these businesses worked. Mm. So that's really, really interesting. You get deep under the skin. And um, when you write about something, and maybe you get it right. Then people are—they um, react more strongly. They—they're—they're they're more interested. They really, really care. Mm. And something else I realized when I was at the Evening Standard actually was how much uh, marketing can and communications generally attracts entrepreneurs. Mm. So uh, most journalists are not great entrepreneurs. They're used to someone giving them. Uh, a, a paycheck, mm. and then they get on with writing or broadcasting. Uh, BBC is a great organisation, but it has institutionalised the idea mm. that somehow making money isn't really what have journalists are thinking about. Have to think about yeah, right? Like the Queen. <laughs> and advertising and media people are very entrepreneurial mm. and they're always thinking about ways to make money. And um, what that comes down to is these are people who know how to build businesses mm. and adapt and change. So then to come to campaign and discover that people were going to tell you more about their business and like stuff you wouldn't have known mm. um, It makes it uh, very uh, exciting and interesting you can be really knowledgeable because uh, people tell you more stuff mm. the other thing is uh, this has been a pretty dramatic time I think to be writing about particularly the media side of the business mm-hmm. because you've had just uh, you know, the, the continued rise of Google and Facebook and a lot of the legacy um media platforms coming under pressure mm. um and now even the agencies are facing questions so mm. it's it's just in the last two years it's felt like there's a lot of change
0: going on very interesting uh, so w- what is the one article you'd wish you'd written in your time i mean if you want to do a media one and a non-media one that would be interesting but what I, i'm, I'm only f- going to give you one okay um
2: so being a journalist you always uh, have to tread a careful line i think sometimes because you 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 get information and some of it is off the record and that means yeah you you need to make sure that it can't be traced and then people tell you stuff privately which is that you can't use that um and sometimes there's a gray area so someone said to me um at the start of 2013 and they they were connected with Om, with uh omnicom and they said Maurice Levy's going to New York to see John Wren. and and they I'm not sure why but it it's uh, it's weird they would never normally meet up like that and um basically I sort of thought I wonder if they could be talking about uh a merger. you know I, I I actually thought that and um I felt like the person who told me I I actually didn't know very well but they are someone who's quite important and senior and I felt reluctant to use that information and um, uh, then I've actually sort of forgot about it Mm. (laughs) and moved on and then then about four months later the merger, uh, which turned out to fail, um, got announced so uh, that's a long-winded way of saying uh, that's a story I wish I'd written mm. but uh, as always with these things it, it, it might not have been a true at the time there was yeah. because yeah uh, it's there's, so, yeah, there's yeah. so much you don't know as a journalist and mm. you, you pick up little bits of information but sometimes you know one percent and everyone else knows zero. Do you
1: think that person wanted you to write the story? Because I wonder sometimes when people hint things at you hope you're going to be a little bit more unscrupulous than you are because you're known for your scruples
2: hmm.
1: and in fact get a little bit frustrated because I, well, I was hinting but it, nothing came yeah, of it. Do you ever have that? There,
2: there's all of that. I yeah. mean, uh, you you, yeah, you, all, all of these, particularly when people tell you things, it, it, there's, there's a bit of trust. People don't mm. always tell you the truth.
1: That's true too.
2: And unfortunately, I can name quite a few people who've... Are they on your uh, list? they're not on a list i just know that you can't you can't if you lie to someone you don't forget mm. i i understand sometimes people lie because it's not convenient there's a list yeah <laughs> i could tell you who they are <laughs> uh, i can't tell you if any of them have appeared on this podcast but i know uh, it, all i'll say is some of them are the most senior people in you know the Grand uh, industry of entertainment and so on. It's it's fine. It's that's with, that's with part of it, and and if, if great reputations. No well, doubt. possibly, uh, yeah. I don't I don't want to be high and mighty about it because uh, you 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 it's a judgment call. Yeah. You said sh- should I have basically gone with it the story yeah. and the answer is yes. Yeah, I should. Yeah, and yeah. So I kicked myself. Yeah, so yeah. that's ASD's point. Uh, that's the story that I regret was, not writing. One but, that got away. But um. Yeah there's a plenty plenty of stories that you you write and then you think oh, did I did I yeah. ever do that yeah, do I yeah. ever Yeah, you, know, you you can't get it always right it is a judgement call yeah.
1: What's next for you
2: Well I'll keep hopefully doing good stuff for campaign um we are a global publication we've yeah. got um
1: How many now op- places? New I think it's eight markets
2: yeah. India? chiefly America and Asia India Middle East yeah. um So I'm going to be doing more global stuff. Uh, So that's going to be good for me, I hope, and obviously good for campaign. And it kind of plays into the fact that whether it's the digital media owners, Mm. Google, Facebook, Netflix, Amazon, all of these companies multi-market, or the agency groups. WPP and publicists. We
1: are all in global media
2: now. Yeah. yeah, and and obviously some of some of the brands as well. Where if P and G makes a decision to mm-hmm. cut back on digital, Mark Pritchard says we we'll do it in yeah. all markets. I mean maybe there was one or two, but yeah. that's a decision yeah. where where it's made centrally and then it cascades down. So that's. Uh, that's the short term uh, next step for me and Campaign is going to be doing more stuff we've got a conference in uh, New York in November um, with uh, media owners so it's exciting actually exciting, because exciting. you know what They're, you can learn so much and I love London and the UK is a great media mm. market but there's so much going on in other markets mm. and they, they do uh, you just learn a lot by travelling and that's, mm-hmm. ex- that's quite exciting in fact when you talk to people who do travel a lot you sort of think god I'm um,
0: leading this very narrow life local mm. very interesting so
1: more, uh, more global yeah. very good
0: uh, in my research i couldn't find much stuff about anything that you liked or enjoyed or anything personal about you <laughs> so now we're on to the questions which we ask all of our guests and they're a bit more personal um the first one starts off with what advice would you give to someone just starting their career it's in a safe space this it's, a, it's a safe, safe space we're, safe we're all friends uh, we're,
2: Well. Uh, just to pick you up on that point the i am not a big user of uh, social media for uh, to share elements of my life uh, mainly because uh, i think it would bore but other people mm. but i'm just not an oversharer like that so mm. that's the reason that i'm uh, not on facebook it's, uh, the annoyance of even some you, quite senior people in facebook, facebook at all you don't yeah. even stalk no, <laughs> <laughs> I particularly don't stalk actually. Um, uh, you know, I do use Twitter, but that's important for my job, yeah. and, I, and I look at LinkedIn. Um, Instagram? But, no. Uh, no. I mean, I. it's true that I have two daughters and a wife who all, you know, make up for it with their, yeah. their uh, dwell time or whatever, the average daily usage <laughs> is like <laughs> through the charts. For the Spaniard family, it would be, still be pretty high. Um, So, that's a good way of saying, so what advice do do you know, one of the big changes from when I was starting out is uh, online media gives you this great platform for two Mm -hmm. things, one, learn about what's going on around you, there's so much information available, it's Mm -hmm. just amazing, Uh, and and trustworthy information as well as, you know, stuff maybe on third party sites you shouldn't trust. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, uh, even now when my daughter's thinking about, levels Uh, Mm. she's not there yet but you can just find out so much you couldn't find out before you had to write off to universities for prospectuses and things go to
1: the library or something yeah Yeah. so
2: you're starting out in your career there's so much information out there so one thing that everyone has to be is a bit of a journalist and detective find out about what you're interested in if you're interested i mean truth is it's probably you know your passions anyway you could look at what you follow on social media so
1: I think he's saying take out a subscription to Campaign. actually. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's, that's, that's an
2: option for those, those interested ad in advertising there, yeah. media. Um, and, yeah, there's the second thing is is, is, is possibly using online media to, to publish stuff about yourself. Yep. Um, certainly, uh, you know, building an online profile is a good thing. And I think not for every sector and every job. Um it might not be appropriate actually mm. um, and the so find out about things but I mean most importantly of all is is talk to people uh, mm. there's just no substitute for talking to people I believe that's a journalist, but lots of other people are essentially in the intelligence business where you 're trying to find out things um, so talk to people about what you are interested in what you care about and um I, I personally think you should always aim for the best companies to start with, the ones you admire. Uh, I mean, let's say you wanted to work for Apple. Well, trying to get hold of someone at Apple is pretty hard, mm-hmm. and uh, that might be impossible. But you never know. And you you, you can uh, try and use your network of friends and contacts and so on and talk to people. That you, and, and then, if they give you the time, make sure that you have uh, tried to find out as much as you can. Because uh, people will, I think, repay enthusiasm and knowledge by c- giving you time and contacts. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone who's spent 10, 20, 30 years in an industry really, really cares. Uh, they're also very good at spotting people who maybe don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, if people say they're interested in becoming a journalist, I, I will say, "Have you have you written anything?" It'd be interesting to read it and someone's there no i haven't actually written anything and you think well okay yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) it would be a good idea to try see whether you like it and you don't have to it doesn't have to be in written form so my my main advice would be identify if you possibly can things things you're interested in find people who work in that space ask what it's like don't Go in clueless, try and find out use the internet to find out what you care about you can become knowledgeable quite quickly, um, be enthusiastic try things, be willing to take risks um, you know I said for myself when I was starting out I think um, I wasn't that focused and um, it's certainly true that the early decisions you make in your career do shape you and mm-hmm. you, you, if you don't take a proactive approach you will um, you know life will happen to you and that's mm. not a good thing and even people who are very loyal mm. and supportive uh, are not always going to be there for you so I remember mm. uh, at the Evening Standard I had a great boss Chris Blackhurst and he was the business editor and then um, one morning he came in at nine o'clock and uh, said uh, I've been made editor of The Independent and um, hmm? I'm going now and that was it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um uh that's good for him but yeah. it was like you know it
1: happened to you as well kind of thing uh,
2: well i'm just saying he he yeah. he he, yeah. he he was that there's a comes a time where you can't you've got to make your own um choices and uh but obviously you try and learn from people yeah um i i think your your 20s is is a great time mm. um but just find people who you who who has successful already because they are chance are they will want to share their enthusiasm Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to ask as well
1: okay my favorite question if you were a genie and i wanted to summon you and you know sometimes you can be hard to get hold of Mm. good enough to say so i might need to do this what five commonly available objects would i have to put in a magic circle to um, get you to magically appear in my office.
2: Yeah. So, <laughs> goodness <laughs> knows what you'd have to put in there. Um, I think I thought a bottle of claret would be quite good. Okay. That would That would that would immediately uh, interesting be a positive first step. Anything? Yep. Yep. Can't hurt. It's um, seeming that I might be on my own, and even if I weren't on my own, I think a, a subscription to Private Eye is that all right? Yes. It mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, could you be. Can have that. I mean, just one copy. Yeah. the current Co- issue Co- or the new issue, Co- issue would be Co- quite good problem. but you know to summon me yeah. Can I give you um, a
0: detail on this bottle of Claret is there anything in particular I No I'm not I'm, really
2: I'm I, I like wine but I'm not that fussy Just uh, a decent
1: just bottle a decent of Claret yeah, yeah I
2: mean yeah okay. life's too short and I don't own enough to have no, uh, no. expensive taste um, So then wine, uh, okay. I, I know this isn't a good example but I I have a folding bike, the Hon folding bike. Right. So I'm not sure it would summon me exactly, but it, it if you were to summon me I'd need it probably to get to you quickly. Okay, so bike and I and I, and I like that. That's yep. it's handy and like Folding bike, yep. Um so did I I was trying to think that the, the, the a radio would be good. I'm sort of slightly okay. thinking this is a desert island rather than summoning <laughs> mm, summoning summoning me to Sue's office. Um <laughs> uh, and it doesn't have to be a digital radio, because I was thinking yeah, it might be cheating to have a digital device. No, digital. So, no you can have what you like. Okay. But, uh, I like the radio, uh, and yeah, I quite like radio, it you know, for when I'm cooking or something.
0: Yeah. What station would it be tuned to? Uh, ah, yeah. uh, oh, well, I like to you
2: know, Imagine do multimedia, obviously. One extra. Yeah, I like, no, I'm i not a big fan of one extra, actually. I, would, I think I would probably go uh, between Radio 4, LBC... A uh, bit of Capital, bit of Kiss, bit of Radio One, fairly mainstream. Just, yeah. Okay. Uh, just, you know, uh,
0: just Radio
2: Two would be I'd, I'd, you would need to handcuff me to listen to Radio <laughs> Two. Yeah, no, that's not on. Just saying, uh, yeah, okay, and magic right. and heart, they all should all be banned. <laughs> uh, so blandness is just not six. allowed. Any opinion on sex? Uh, it's not for me. Four um,
1: for extra, I guess. Yeah,
2: uh, bit, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, can I have can I have a notebook and a pen? I, I, yeah. I it's always absolutely. handy absolutely. to write things down. Of course. And it's amazing what you can remember once you've written it down. Mm. If you don't write it down, it's great. So is that good. okay? Yeah, the bottle that's a bottle claret, private that's eye, perfect. folding bike, a radio, and, and a, a notebook, notebook and, and pen. a pen. Yeah. But nice. I am willing to, you know, have other stuff. I thought about
0: cheese board, but I thought, you know, put on weight for that idea. <laughs> Uh, so after living things so your house is in a disaster every everyone is fine I'm assuming there's no pets in the house based on your earlier comment but everything alive is safe but you've got a chance to get three things out out of the house what would you take okay
2: just in case my family listens to this we have two cats and they're very nice Uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's a it's a it's a slight joke that i don't like animals i mean it's true but uh, (laughs) it's not that i aggressively want them exterminated um uh, so i'm not a very materialistic person and now we live in the digital age i i don't think there are that many things i would really want to save but my thought was I actually was thinking how do I answer this question? Mm. I, pro- if I, I probably grab three bags and go to my bedroom and my uh, two daughters bedrooms and just try and grab whatever knickknacks and things were on their desks and my wife's dressing table because I kind of think that sort of sentimental type stuff is actually quite hard to replace mm. and is quite reassuring um, but all their photos are kind of on the cloud and uh, I, we, we do have a whole bunch of photo albums from 10 plus years ago and uh, they've I'd never carry them down and be a fire hazard. <laughs> and so that, that's my. Because that, I was thinking, it's
0: not so that nothing, much in the nothing, house. Nothing,
1: nothing, personal <sighs> to you. No pictures or, or not really. a book you've been signed book Your or. MA uh... <laughs> uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, actually, yeah,
2: actually, I've had that in the front of the house. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the kind of thing that annoys some people. Um, but no, I'm not. Uh, uh, I'm really sorry. I'm not a materialistic person. No, um
1: okay um what's your favorite book and I'm not going to believe that you don't have a favorite book and no. it could be personally favorite or it could be a book that you give away a lot or
2: yeah I it's, it's a very interesting question because I, I was thinking about it and I was thinking about um you know books that I've enjoyed rather than uh a favorite book and you know where in my early 20s, you know, the, the, those books like um, On the Road and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas were fun because they were sort of... Yeah, I think they made me think, you know, you should mm. get out on the road mm-hmm. and possibly not take lots of drugs, but, you know, have a good mm. time. Yeah. And um, uh, I, yeah, I'm yeah, i a massive fan of George Orwell. And I think a lot of his books are great. Yeah. Uh, and Keep the Aspidistra Flying, which is about this failed advertising copywriter or maybe it's a failed writer who ends up being a copywriter um is uh, worse than that <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh well he, he clearly he felt it was um was uh, uh you know I, I I really liked all of Orwell stuff and he, I guess cuz he's he was probably you know, a better journalist than writer I guess he was a pretty good writer let's he be was
1: very it was the the originality of his work I think we can give you the collected orwell
2: yeah I think that would do actually. yeah I mean there's not I can say truthfully that there's not one book where I go I just either it changed my life or I, I love it so much that I, I would reread it several times um, uh, and my wife complains anyway that I, I don't read much fiction because I love the news and facts
1: yeah I don't read much fiction.
2: Well, obviously, I should also say the glass wall is an excellent book. <laughs> Thank <laughs> and, you so much. And, and, and Catherine Jacob and Sue and I have really, uh, you know, nailed it there. Uh, but I have two daughters, and I believe really strongly that. Um, I mean, I was thinking about all the authors I like, and I was thinking, God, there's so many of them are men. In you know true. how how we change um, all of these things, and you you realise that five hundred years of learning basically been about lots of. White European men. Yeah,
0: yes, it's interesting. Uh, if you had to choose one person to play you in a film about your life, who would it be? Well, there's not going
2: to be a film, so I thought,
0: <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to have a film,
2: let's—I'll pick someone who's dead, which makes it—they can't play me. But I would think I would pick Orson Welles because very good. Every journalist, you know, loves Citizen Kane yeah. because yeah. Uh, it is such a brilliant, mad film, um, and. Um, All smells is brilliant, obviously, uh, like actor that. and director. Um, but you know what? Uh, working in newspapers, I know lots of people uh, have encounters with newspaper companies, and even MediaCom has clients in the newspaper industry. Uh, it, there's, you have to be slightly mad to own a newspaper, even when they were making huge profits, mm. and some still do, mm. um, because it's there's something bonkers about it mm. and uh that th- but also there's a lot of romance on, as well yeah so mm-hmm. yeah. um no, i think that's a. That's also, a awesome that's ones. i love bad. that i think awesome mm, ones right. could
1: definitely carry off carry off uh, the role um now we're going to give you um a bill a billboard a poster um you can put it anywhere you like and you can write on it whatever you would like to say
2: okay well, this is free advice to sadiq khan and i felt mm. this especially in the london 2012 olympics you know the journey from Heathrow down the M4 is so miserable and you think, here I am, I'm entering one of the world's greatest cities, but you wouldn't know it yeah. and I yeah. would stick a socking big billboard at the front of the elevated, se- I say the front the, but the the bit where the M4 goes up uh, the, I think Oh, into the ref- flyover? Yeah, yeah like yeah. around Junction 2 so yeah. if, you're, yeah. if you're coming into it from Heathrow coming from out west into London and then, and then it sort of rises up and it should just say with big bells, whistles, and lights, you know, welcome to London, the greatest city in the world. Because the reverse happens—you just go up and you just think oh, this is a massive letdown. <laughs> and get
1: stuck in traffic.
2: <laughs> and I felt like during the Olympics, I spoke to someone yeah. who was involved in the Olympics. I was like, and I was—I I remember thinking when well, all these visitors were coming to London in 2012, and and you just arrived and you thought this is it just feels like a dump. Um, I don't mean that the, the, you look around; this dump, but it, there was but no sense of. Yeah. Uh, branding really um just to say uh, it's a big the big city uh, i'm sure someone would object to sticking up a billboard but uh yeah oh, that would be nice. that would be that that would be just an idea yeah. uh, probably in the world of brexit we need to work nice marketing to put idea for london london um more clearly
0: on the map that's
1: great. Great. Now,
0: now the final question, Gideon, which you can't prepare for because it's taken from this box of okay. questions from the School of Life, Alan de Botton's uh, a bit around the corner. I've, I've pulled five questions out. If you could pick one out, read it, and then answer it. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I told you I don't like doing personal stuff. <laughs> when I was a child,
2: I felt happiest when I was. It's
0: the worst question for you. Yeah. Ever, yeah. Right? <laughs> it's fine. No,
2: it's, uh, no, my childhood wasn't traumatic at all. In fact, I'm not advocating uh, a no. traumatic childhood, no. but, you know, there's, there, they can forge people in a good way. <laughs> so... <laughs> that's, that's very dark. <laughs> well... Uh, yeah. Sorry, I'll yeah, just... Just, yeah, just, yeah, saying. just saying. Um... So I think a nice memory I have was when I was about six and I would, six or seven, I would make newspaper front pages Ah. sitting at my dad's desk. So, like I said, my parents were both working in newspapers and that was a time where if you went to a newspaper office, it was quite so physical. Mm. They used to Mm. literally stick bits of metal Mm. together to make newspapers. And um, actually, if you're a child... uh, and newspapers are quite a sort of easy-to-use piece of communication. Big headlines with only four or five words, communicate the whole story, pictures. Actually, um, it's quite fun to make, and you, you know, it all fits in a sort of neat size. So I enjoyed doing that a lot. It was quite creative, a bit of writing. Uh, of course, I was making stuff up. It was just, uh, <laughs> Some journalists still do, um, but that was fun, and I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I've got lots of other happy memories of yeah. being a kid, but uh, I, I'll take that as, as a time I was happiest.
1: And, and you followed your passion.
2: I did, um, yeah. but as which I've you, said to you, and, to and this is this is another thing, you know, um, it wasn't a straight linear mm. uh, journey for me, and the, the fact that I um, did, I up in a house of newspapers with two journalist parents and did student journalism at university did not need automatically to um a career in journalism now that was more of my making but uh, as in rather than I, I could have maybe taken some different decisions along the way but i think a good lesson for life is it's hopefully long and if you want to change things uh, it's totally within your power to do it you sometimes need to draw on your reserves you, you can go through difficult periods mm. of time if you got want to change and adapt um, you, you you know could be mean you go through a tough period yeah. but you know, I only joined campaign two years ago and um, yeah it's been a great new part of my career and it, it there, who knows quite what mm. the future will bring? But it, we but are you, in this. You are phase.
1: writing front pages now. That's all I really meant yeah, was that you are writing yeah, um, front pages yeah. now. You were doing it as a kid. That's kind of quite a nice. Yeah, it doesn't it, happen to
2: all of us. Yeah. I, th- I, I think it is good, and yeah, certainly, nice. I'm a big believer that whatever happens in the future, um, the role of journalism will you know, be probably more important mm. than ever. And um, you know, I don't think. Uh, The outlet for print media, as a whole, is that good. But I would say, if you go to people's offices, you don't see many framed web pages. No. Right?
0: Yeah. We ask anyone their favourite ad. It's never a digital ad, is it? It's always a TV or a print, or anything but digital ad. Gideon, thank you so much for your time. It's been wonderful. Well, thank you for having me.